Rube Ressler was born in Pennsylvania in 1894. I interviewed him in Cincinnati in 1964 when he was 70. He had been a first baseman and a pitcher for 19 years in the big leagues. A 300 hitter he was lifetime, despite the fact that he began his career as a pitcher. He played mostly with the Cincinnati Reds and the Brooklyn Dodgers. He was very articulate, for one, because he was a writer himself for uh, sports and field magazines. So words, he was used to where he liked words, and you could tell when you talked to him because he was very expressive. So he was a pleasure to interview because he played with thoughts and made them even more interesting than they were by the way he expressed himself. I was working on, in Renova, swinging a sledge in a railroad shop, making $3 a day, yeah. And uh, I pitched for the shop team, and Earl Mack, Connie's son, came up over these all-stars, and I beat him. I guess he told his daddy. All I had to compete with when I went to the athletics was Eddie Plank, who's in the Hall of Fame, Chief Bender, who's in the Hall of Fame, Herb Pennock, who's in the Baseball Hall of Fame, Bullet Joe Bush, Bob Shockey, and the great pitcher Colby Jack Coombs. What was Chief Bender like? Chief was quiet. You, you couldn't tell if Bender won or lost. Walter Johnson beat me one to nothing. We were in Washington, and we go up to the room. See, there, Connie Roomy uh, roomed the young fellows with old pictures. He didn't uh, room uh, two youngsters together where they could cry on each other's shoulder. Oh, you'll do better, dear, you know, tomorrow. He had a, an old picture. You were rooming with Bender. Yeah, and I said, gee, that's a tough one. He said, you talking about today's game? I said, sure. He said, did you hear the boys yell when he came in the hotel? I said, what boys? Those boys, yeah. What were they saying? Washington wins. He said, that's right. It's a matter of record. Forget about that. Win the next one. You see the education you get? See how Connie operated? He wouldn't put a rookie, two rookies together. Because all they do is cry and condole each other. And Why do you go out to talk to a pitcher so much? What can you say to him? For like these conferences out there, having pitched, I know what they do. They come in and they don't realize, they say, oh, you'll get out of this now. We're bear down, work hard, you know, you'll get out. They're only reminding you you're in a hell of a jam. To, uh, isn't that true? So I was playing first base one day, and I two men out. We had the club beating one to nothing, and a rookie pitcher, young fellow. I ran over real quick to beat the second baseman shortstop in, you know. You know, they listened to what I said. I said, now look, when you get this guy out, take a look at that blonde behind our bench. And this fellow... Oh, you just see his face lighting up, you know, like, and, and relaxing. And look at me and say, what the hell? I'm not in a tough hole again. This guy's talking about a block. So next fellow popped, little pop, followed the catcher, and we're out of the inning. That's the uh, last of the eight. I go in the water cooler, and the fellow taps his shoulder, and, and he said, she is good looking. I said, what? Who's good looking? He said, that blonde. Oh, I, I'd forgotten all about it. That blonde. So I went out the first of the ninth inning, the first base, and looked back, and there's the most gorgeous blonde you ever saw in your life. <laughs> you don't have bad luck. You make your luck. Rixie got behind a hitter deliberately to throw the change of pace. Now, I roamed him six years. You'd say to me, how dumb can they be in this big league? I've been doing this, Drew, for 10, 15 years. When they're ahead of me, two and nothing, two and one, three and one, they're always looking for the fastball, and they never get it. So Walter Johnson pitched him. I hit against him. First time I went up, I thought it was a beehive. I heard three buzzes, and the umpire said, you're out, just like three bees flying by. 
buzz, 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 Jesus. And he said, look, I rode this fellow fairly fast. And so I went up there and made up my mind, you know, I'll cope with him, see. And I choked up a little. I never moved my bat in the first pitch. And I choked a little more and tried to hit it the right field. And I didn't move my bat in that one. The third time, I was choking my bat in here, too, you know, double choke. I never swung the bat. I went back. And he said, uh, how'd you find him? I said, what the hell? I would just walked into a beehive. Three buzzes and I was out. <laughs> oh, he was fast. His curve was fast, too. What made him so tough to hit was easy motion. You'd swear he wasn't trying to, he wasn't bearing down. His arms cleared down here, down to his knee, below his knee. And he comes back so easy, and then there it was. Now, Feller, Feller had a lot of action in his motion, like Vance. Vance was the roughest man I ever faced. Really? Oh. Rougher than Johnson? Oh, yes. Why? Well, I mean, he was wicked. Just like rolling an apple off the table. You couldn't have him on a Monday. On a clear day on a Monday, you never could hit him. He's the only man that threw balls one after another by me. He'd cut his sleeve, you know. This part of it, he used lye on it to keep it white, and the rest was a dirty, filthy gray or something. He didn't care about what it was. This was white, and he cut it. And he came directly overhand. And then he'd be pitching out of diapers and bed sheets from the buildings back of, you know, in Washington, Monday. Between those diapers and bed sheets and, and the white thing here, the, you lost it entirely. You never saw it. He threw balls by me, I never saw it. That's why I ruined him. Hell, if you can't hit him, join him. <laughs> That's the reason I left since then. I went over to Brooklyn. Every morning I'd wake up and see him in there. I knew he was my roommate. I knew damn well I didn't have to hit against him that day. I see him strike out Hack Wilson four times. In one ball game, Hack swung 12 times, three each time, and never fouled one. 12 swings, you're out four times. That's pretty good, isn't it? Oh, wicked. Big Ed Walsh. Oh, brother. You talk about spitballs. I think that ball disintegrated and then came back together when the catcher got a hold of it. I think when it went by the plate, it was just bits going by the Oh, what a terrific. Great, big, strong, good-looking fellow. Big head wall. Was Alec still in his prime when you were in the National Yeah. Perhaps Alec was the greatest of them all because really? of the conditions under which he pitched. He pitched 16 shutouts in 1916, didn't he? In Baker Bowl, where you could spit over the right field fence. I believe he could throw a strike at midnight, blindfolded. Somebody said if Alec didn't drink, he probably would want more games. I wonder how it could have been any better. Bay Perman is always reputed to be the dumbest ball player ever played. Is that so? Well, I, he might have got hit in the head one time, and from that story, you know how the pyramid, the snowball grows larger as it rolls down the hill. You heard of the three men on, on third? Yeah. Dee is in third, Vance in second, Fuster in first, and Herman hitting. They hit a ball out to right field that, that was questionable whether it would hit the wall or whether it would be caught. Of course, Debor, he scored easily. And Vance, he wasn't sure. And he rounded third base. And when he got part way, he saw he couldn't go home. And Fuster, who was in first, was on the base at that time, standing there. And Herman ran, without paying much attention to anybody ahead of him. So when Dez slid back into third, Herman was sliding in, coming in from second. And Fuster standing there, so wonder Fuster didn't get spiked. And it was a confusing play, and that third baseman, he touched all three, see. He wasn't sure. And the umpire hesitated, you know what I mean? What the hell, it was a, an odd situation for him to figure out which man is out. And during the interval, Daz was laying down the ground like this, you know. Well, you have to know that. The most impromptu speech ever made. He said, uh, 
Mr. Umpire, members of the opposition, fellow teammates. If you'll carefully scan the rules of our national pastime, you'll find that the only gentleman safe on this hassock is Arthur C. Vance. Well, wasn't that a speech? Yeah. He should have been a comedian on the stage. Baseball has great players today, but not as many. Not near as many. It's quite a difference there. There was only one route. Never anybody like him. He played, he went on a ball field like he's playing uh, in a cow pasture with cows in an audience. He never knew what fear was or nervousness it was. He had baseball instinct too. He wasn't smart, he didn't have any education. One of the greatest pitchers of all time, and then became a great judge of a fly ball, and he never threw the wrong base when he played the outfield. He was like a damn animal. He had that instinct. They know what's going to rain, and I don't. <laughs> Nature, that was Ruth. Cobb, he did everything except steal first base. I think he did that in a dark night. He drove infielders crazy. He didn't know what the hell he's going to do, and neither did he till this last but second. You couldn't. You couldn't try to figure Cobb. It was impossible. Cobb could hit the long ball. When you wanted to. Yeah. I never saw anybody like him. Cobb had, had that terrific fire, that terrific drive. It was his base. It was his game. Everything was his. He dominated the game. I never saw a fellow like him. He wasn't too well liked, was he? No. He didn't care about that. He roamed alone. He, he didn't care about whether they liked him or not. See, they made it pretty tough on him his first year up there, and he showed them. They, they may not have liked him, but they admired him. He must have been an amazing ball player. Well, there wasn't, wasn't any like him. He's alone. How'd you get along with Connie, man? Wonderful. You see, Connie never balled you out on the bench in the spur of the moment. Never. You wait two or three days, you cool off, and then he say to you, don't you think it would have been better had you made the play this way? And you knew damn well he knew what he's talking about. He knew, you knew that you made a mistake, but he didn't say, well, look, you, so-and-so. That's the way he handled ball players. Psychology. Did he curse? No. Oh, no. I might say, good grief, well, wasn't that a terrific hitter? You know, that. But Connie's attitude, the way he handled these players, you're playing a great game. You're an example of the children in this country. Conduct yourself accordingly. Weren't the newspaper men wonderful about Ruth? Did the kids know about Ruth? Wouldn't that have been a terrific picture to paint for a father they put on a pedestal they idolized to know his story? In other words, you couldn't let those kids down. The old owners were swell except one fellow. You know, the most religious man is supposed to be Ricky. He let me go a month before the season was over to save a month's salary for a boy who had played 18 years in the big league. That's a religious fellow with a lot of feeling towards the fellow man. Because you don't fool the umpire up there. I don't think anybody ever did. Do you?